Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca and your preferred podcast player of choice. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome to Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. My Robert Lamar's back, and I'm on your way go. We invaded airwaves. Hold up, why them haters mad? Ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us. They be watching us, we so prosperous. Ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us. They be watching us, we so prosperous. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we're live on the airways. Finally, after four weeks, actually, I just um, I was looking through the notes of my various episodes or what have you, and it's been four weeks. It's been basically a solid month since we last did a show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, life takes a lot of turns, and not to say that anything has bad has happened during that month. It's certainly not. But I've been busy with a lot of things that needed my immediate attention, but nonetheless, we are now here, so I thank you guys for your patience. Um, we're definitely back in the air, and I'm loving every second of it. And we have a lot to get to on tonight's show. We got to talk about LeBron James. We got to talk about Method Man. We got to talk about Tank. We got to talk about Kanye as well. We're going to get to all of that, but before we do, you guys already know that I got some stuff to get off of my chest, and let's just say it's a month's worth of things to get off my chest. Well, not really, but you know what I mean. Either way, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Let's just get straight into the shit, shall we? The Raptors got their championship rings, all right? And the rings look absolutely magnificent. Magnificent, all right? I have been waiting 25 years for this day to happen, and it happened this past Tuesday. As they were gearing up to go up against the New Orleans Pelicans and what would have been the debut of Zion Williamson, however, he is out with injury, the Raptors... Raise their championship banner. They're in their championship warm-up attire. And, of course, they were fitted with NBA championship rings. Not only that, but the coaches got rings, of course. The train staff got rings, of course. Hell, I think even the Raptor himself got a ring. And the fans in attendance got replica rings. And they should deserve those rings. And the biggest fan of them all, Nav Bhatia, even he himself got a ring. Which I did tweet beforehand during the summertime saying how he is one of the few people who was not in a Raptors uniform or works with the Raptors at all at any capacity that deserves an NBA ring and damn it he got his championship ring for all the years of mediocrity that he's had to put up with for two and a half decades he most certainly deserves that ring so good for him on that but honestly it was a very surreal moment because of the fact that if you have been a Raptors fan since 1995, with all the years that you've watched, you know, bad basketball, mediocre basketball, flashes of brilliance, to think that you're able to see that in your lifetime, I mean, that, to me, like, words can't, you, you can only find a few words to describe that feeling. Like, 
me watching that with a few friends or what have you at a bar downtown, I was like, man, I can't believe this is actually happening. Like, I've watched people like Jordan, Shaq, Kobe, LeBron, Wade, Steph Curry, all these guys race championship banners, and me just wondering, man, when's my squad going to do this? When is my squad going to do this? And then they finally did it. And it was just so, like, gratifying to see, knowing that I've been a fan for so long, and I've had to put up with so much, you know, especially, you know, with LeBronto and Vince not wanting to play here anymore and Bosch wanting to join a big three and DeMar being traded and what have you. Like, we went through all that for us to see that. Now, it is a little bittersweet because, you know, our our guys – our former guys, Danny Green and, of course, Kawhi Leonard, weren't there to celebrate it because they chose to uh, walk a different path, which is totally fine, no shade at all whatsoever. But it would have been nice to, to have seen that championship squad all be there together at the same time at the same time to accept their rings because they were huge parts of it. Danny Green was clutch for us offensively and defensively, and Kawhi was Kawhi. I mean, that's self-explanatory. I mean, I don't even need to go into detail with that. But it was just great to see that players representing not only our city but our country were hoisting up NBA rings as well as a banner. And finally, we don't have a banner that says Atlantic Division Champion or something like that. No, we actually have a championship banner. Like that—that that is wild to me. Like we have a <laughs> we have a championship banner, guys. Do you not understand what that means? But what does that mean going forward? Know, will the Raptors repeat as champions? Will they be contenders? Most people say no, and I understand why they say no, because we lost a pretty big piece. But does that mean that we're going to tank and that we're going to be absolutely atrocious? No. And usually the case for a team that won a championship but then losing their star player in the process typically means that they're going to be a lottery team. I mean, look at the Chicago Bulls. After Jordan and Pippen and Rodman left, you look at both Cleveland teams that LeBron was on once he left. You look at, I'm trying to think of another team. You look at, uh, let's say, uh, the Lakers back in the mid-2000s when Shaq left. It's very hard to get back to that point where you're not only champions, but at the very least playoff contenders. But I firmly believe, and this is not me being a homer or a stan or anything, but I firmly believe that with the players that the Raptors have on the, on their team right now, that they have what it takes to be a playoff a playoff competitor. You look at the Raptors last year when Kawhi wasn't suited up. They went 17-5. and five, And those wins included a back-to-back road trip against the Lakers and the Warriors, who had everyone on deck except for DeMarcus Cousins, but he wasn't even playing at that point in time during the season. And they blew them off their home floor on back-to-back nights without Kawhi Leonard. That just shows you the pedigree of this NBA team that we call the Toronto Raptors. Pascal Siakam, I have no doubt in my mind that this man will be an all-star this year. Kyle Lowry, he's probably on the tail end of his prime, but nonetheless still has a lot to offer as an all-star caliber player in this league. Fred Van Vliet, so far he's been the starting uh, point guard of this team so far, and he looks to be a better player when he's playing off-ball as well. So we'll see how that continues to progress throughout his career. Serge Ibaka, he still has some of of that Mafuzi in him. 
Uh, Gas- or sorry, Mark Gasol. He's still a top-notch playmaker in this league, one of the best playmaking big men that this league has to offer right now. It's going to be a good season, guys. It's going to be a good season. Just like last year, enjoy the moment. Enjoy what we have. Sure, we don't have Kawhi and Danny anymore, but this doesn't mean that it's gonna, this is going to rain on our post-championship parade. The Raptors will be competitive in 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 uh, in this year. Pardon me. Uh, they will definitely definitely be a top four seed, in my opinion. There are people who will say that they'll be a lower seed. I don't necessarily see that, mainly because of how weak the Eastern Conference is, especially this year. But they will be a top four seed in the Eastern Conference. I firmly believe that, and I'm currently watching them. Uh, Compete against Boston right now, and they're and they're draining threes right now. So I'm loving it. But anyways, that is my take on the Raptors. That is my take on their on their rings, rings, rings. Those really big rings, the biggest rings in NBA history, by the way. Six hundred diamonds in that in that thing. Yeah, I said it. Uh, but nonetheless, what do you guys think? Either way, hit me up on social media at Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts. Oh, and by the way, shouts to Pascal Siakam getting that bag. $130 million, Richard, baby. Woo! But nonetheless, when we come back, speaking of the bag, we will talk about the bag that has been compromised by the NBA via China because of comments that Daryl Morey said and comments that LeBron James basically um, rebuked and condemned and a whole bunch of other things, and we're going to talk about that. Mind you, it was a story from last week, but I think it's still relevant of a story that deserves to be discussed this week. So keep it locked. We will be right back. This is Cool Radio. Yeah. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it's your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Now let's get to the brass tacks of things, shall we? Let's talk about LeBron James. Let's talk about the comments that he made um, in regards to China and Daryl Morey and all that good stuff. First and foremost, I was discussing this with the good folks over at the No Hard Feelings podcast. Shouts to, to Jay, Scripps, Nate, and Shaka for having me on the show earlier this week. You can catch their their uh, podcast on iTunes right now. Uh, it was a dope episode. Very funny, very random. It was dope stuff. But nonetheless, I digress. Um, so, in case you're not familiar with the story, uh, let me give you the let me give you the rundown of it, shall we? So, Gerald Morey is the general manager of the Houston Rockets. The NBA was doing a tour of China during the preseason, and uh, basically there was a tweet that Gerald Morey tweeted out in regards to what's happening in Hong Kong right now, and the tweet basically said, "Free Hong Kong." Now, for those of you guys who do not know what's happening in Hong Kong, Hong Kong is basically separated from China legally, essentially. Obviously, they're, they're still within the same landmass, but they have seceded from China. And there is a lot of human rights issues that are happening within Hong Kong that China is the cause of right now. And one of the laws that has been put in place is the fact that it is now law where if you have committed a crime in Hong Kong, for example, that you can possibly get extradited to China and face punishment over there. And so basically, that's just another way for China to have some sort of like dominion or rule over Hong Kong. And Amongst other issues that are happening within Hong Kong right now at the hands of China, there are many people in Hong Kong who are in fear for their lives and who are protesting this um, so that justice can be served one way or another. So 
with that in mind, and with the NBA touting itself as a progressive league of sorts, uh, in other words, the anti-NFL, Maury, you know, him being, you know, very progressive himself as well, and him at least assuming that he was doing right by the NBA and keeping up with the status quo of being very progressive, received a lot of backlash from the Chinese government to the point where the Chinese government canceled their remaining games that are taking place in China from the NBA and basically blocked out all content that the NBA was promoting in China. And because of that, a lot of people in the NBA, in terms of executives, were mad at more for what he did. And there are even rumors that China, the Chinese government, wanted Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, to fire Dale Morey for the comments that he made via Twitter. Now, while all of this was happening, everyone and their mama was wondering, what's LeBron James going to say? What is he going to say? How is he going to react? What is he going to tell cameras and reporters and journalists alike? What is the word from LeBron James? And this is what LeBron James said. And mind you, I'm paraphrasing. But he basically said that Daryl Morey was uneducated on the matter and that his comments could have affected so many lives both physically, spiritually, and mentally. He literally said that. I am not saying that verbatim. Um, and then he also said, made comments about how there is freedom of speech, but we have to be careful with our speech as well. Be careful with our words and what we say, et cetera, et cetera. So essentially he threw Daryl Morey under the bus. Now here's why I'm not going to say surprising. That would be the wrong term to use, but here's why it was disappointing for LeBron to say that. So first and foremost, he said, that Daryl Morey was uneducated in the matter at hand in which what was happening in China and Hong Kong. So, first and foremost, I gave you guys an explanation as to what is currently happening in Hong Kong and how the Chinese government is treating the citizens of Hong Kong. If LeBron had known that, which I don't think he did, then would he really have made those comments about Daryl Morey? Because let any of those issues happen in America, black America especially, you don't think that LeBron would have been the first person to speak out? Let's look at LeBron's track record when it comes to being an advocate for social change. When Eric Garner got choked out by the police for selling uh, loose cigarettes, the next day, LeBron and his team at the time I believe was the Cleveland Cavaliers, wore T-shirts that said, I can't breathe. Okay? That's just, that's just one example. One example. And then when Trayvon Martin was shot and killed, the very next day, or shortly thereafter, I would say, LeBron and the rest of the Miami Heat wore hoodies because Trayvon Martin was killed while he was wearing a hoodie and had the the Skittles and iced tea in his pockets. All right, so yet another political statement. When Donald Sterling uh, was uh, making racist comments that were leaked via a phone conversation with his then-mistress Vistiviano, 
LeBron was one of the first people to speak out on it and saying how it's disgusting and how it's not wanted in the NBA. When Phil Jackson referred to LeBron's business partners as his posse, LeBron was very was very quick to point out the racial connotation that involves the term posse when you're aiming it towards African American men. All right. Let me go down the list once again. When 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 the Golden State Warriors made it clear that they would not be visiting the White House under the Trump administration and Trump called them a bunch of idiots and and had their invitations revoked, LeBron was quick to go on Twitter and call the president of the United States a bum. The president of the United States, he called that person a bum. The sovereign ruler of the country that you preside in, he called him a bum. All right. And this is still the same person that went that him along with Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul and Dwayne Wade at the beginning of the ESPYs spoke out against injustice within America. I'm saying and I'm bringing up all these points to say that when it comes to being an advocate for social change, you can't pick and choose your battles. You can't pick and choose what causes you want to fight for? You got to fight for all causes that affect people of an oppressed group. So whether that is black people in America, whether that is members of the LGBT community, whether that is women, whether it, it regardless, you can't pick and choose your battles. If you choose to fight and be an advocate for social change, that you can't do it on your own terms. You can't do it when it best fits your narrative. And then another thing I don't like about the situation was LeBron saying how if this were an NBA player who made that tweet, then there would be much harsher ramifications. He's not wrong per se, but it all depends on what player makes that statement. It depends on who. If it's the 15th man on the bench, then, of course, that person is going to suffer repercussions. But if it just so happens to be LeBron James, what's the NBA going to do? What? Sorry, LeBron, you can't play in the league anymore. You're fired? No, you're not going to fire your cash cow. You're the best player of this generation and arguably one of the top three players in NBA history. The person who makes basically a billion dollars off of Nike. You're not going to fire that person. Come on now. So for him to make that statement, it's very facetious of him to make that statement because he knows all good and well that if he or someone who had as much clout or is someone who is on just as high of an echelon as him were to make that comment, not only would they not be penalized, but they'd be looked at at a, at a completely different light and aura. We would be talking about somebody who, who could be viewed as the next Muhammad Ali or Jim Brown or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, just to name a few. And that is something that LeBron could have come across. But what did he do? Because he was thinking about dollars and cents, he took the most politically correct route out possible. And I get it. There is money involved. There is a lot of money involved. That That is their cash cow when it comes to international dollars in regards to China. That is their most profitable nation. 
But again, if you're going to take the stance of being an advocate for social change and social justice, you have to be prepared for what comes out of that. When the bell tolls, the bill comes due always. You have to prepare for the good and the bad. You have to prepare for what will be advantageous in your favor and what won't be. This is like fighting for equality. There are some parts of equality that benefit certain uh, groups of society, but then there are other parts of equality that don't benefit certain groups of society. But if equality is what you are truly looking for, then you have to be prepared to take the good with the bad. That is how the scales of balance have been put in place. And when it comes to social change and advocating for social change, you have to be prepared for the repercussions. Prime example, look at Colin motherflipping Kaepernick. The man got blackballed from the NFL and will most likely never play in the NFL again. Why? Because he chose to protest what was happening in America to unarmed black individuals, and he did so during NFL time. Now, mind you, he did reach a settlement with the NFL, but that hasn't stopped him from making uh, initiatives that, that help out people in his communities. But he was willing to take that chance to get out his message. And then, of course, probably the most prolific one of all, look at Muhammad Ali. This man was forced to fight in the war in Vietnam, but he said no, because and again, I'm paraphrasing, mind you, that those people did nothing to him and that those people don't deserve what's happening to them by us as Americans. So why would I fight in a war that I have no business in being a part of? And where did that land him? It landed him in jail. And he had to miss the remainder of his prime. All because the government wanted him to fight in a war that he did not truly believe in. And those are just certain acts that make these people legendary. Legendary. Not saying LeBron isn't legendary, but he could have put himself in that higher echelon, and he chose not to. Why? Because it, that's, that entire scenario affected with his bottom line. And did it really affect with his bottom line? I personally don't think so because, again, the way this man is getting paid, I mean, let's be honest. He's getting at least $40 million a year from the Lakers. He's getting paid $30 million a year for life by Nike. The man is in the middle of making Space Jam 2, which is going to be broadcasted throughout the entire world or showing in theaters in the entire world. So I'm sure he has nothing to worry about when it comes to money. I think he's okay. So for me, and I'm sure other people will differ, but I'm just very disappointed in how he handled that. I That was probably... Arguably the most disappointing thing I've I've seen from LeBron in his career. You know, you want to be a social advocate for change. The NBA wants to wants to preach inclusiveness and what have you. I'm not saying they don't, but this is somewhat of a stain in the history of the NBA right now and a stain on LeBron James' career when it comes to being a social advocate, in my opinion. This is a huge missed opportunity for him to speak about something that really means something. 
And for him, and, and now it just looks as though he's he's picking and choosing his fights as far as what he wants to advocate for. When in actuality, when you want to be an advocate, you got to advocate for the people and for the issues that affect people who are being marginalized and people who are being oppressed, whether or not they look like you. And that's what it comes down to. But what do you guys think? Do you agree? Do you disagree with that? Let me know on social media at Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts, please. After the break, we're going to get into Trip Talk. We're going to get into Kanye. We're going to get into uh, Felicity Huffman. And we're going to get into Method Man. Keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We will be right back after the break. Yeah. Cool. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, to Man DM Cool. <clears throat> and this is Cool Radio. Now, let's get to Trip Talk, shall we? So that's three of the hottest topics that took place within hip-hop and pop culture. And with that being said, let's get to it. So, first topic that we have on deck. We got to talk about Kanye West, all right? So, Kanye put out his latest album, which is entitled Jesus is King. And I haven't read any reviews on the album, all I've gotten so far is fan reaction. So I've seen some fans who are pleased with it, very pleased. And I've seen some fans who are not so pleased with it. Here's my take, not necessarily on the album in terms of how it sounds, because I haven't listened to it yet. And to be honest, I don't know if I will listen to it, which leads into my point right now. I And, and, and I'm, in my view, I'm, I've said this before, so I'll say it again. I have no interest in Kanye anymore from a musical standpoint. If we're talking old Kanye, and I sound, I know that sounds like the most hipster thing to say, but if we're talking old Kanye from 04 to 10, then hell yeah, I'm, I'm going to jam out. I'm going to jam out to college dropout, late registration, graduation, 808s and heartbreaks, and arguably his best album ever, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. At least from a production standpoint, there's no question that that's his best album ever. For, uh, overall, it's it's in the discussion, I would say. But anyways, I digress. Ever since Jesus, he has lost me musically. And I think that's where he lost a lot of people. Now, mind you, there are still a large amount of people that loved Jesus. And I, to this day, will never understand why. And I'm not even going to try to understand why because it's so perplexing. Like, if they're a new fan of Kanye by that time... Sure, I'll let that slide. But if you're someone who, who's who been rocking out with Kanye since the mid-2000s, like if we went to high school together and you're still rocking out with Kanye to that level, man, you are very apologetic in my personal opinion. But hey, that's your prerogative. But yeah, Jesus, it 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 lost me. Like it, the, the, the production was so distorted. I feel like his messages were, were coming across as very hypocritical. I felt like his ego, ego was full-blown and out of control by that time. Obviously, he does. he's had a history of ego issues and what have you. But this time, it was just full-blown. But nonetheless, I was not a fan of that, of that Yeezus album. I did not like it at all. There was no prep for it. He didn't even have an album cover for it. Like He just said, hey, here it is. Read him and weep. So there was that. And then Life of Pablo. Now, a lot of people love Life of Pablo. And in my opinion, Life of Pablo could very well be his most overrated album thus far. And I feel like people love that album so much because, and they'll never admit it, but they know in their hearts that they didn't like that Jesus album. But because Life of Pablo had shades, keyword, shades 
of college dropout late registration, people flock to it heavily. And they love it so much because they're comparing it to Jesus. But on its own, if you listen to the album on its own, it's an okay album. It's all right. There's nothing too grandiose about it. It's just an all right album. Like if I had to rate it out of 10, I'd probably give it like a six and a half. Now, there are records on there that I really enjoyed. Father Stretch My Hands, I really enjoyed that album. Mind you, what he said on, on, that, on, that, on that record was bullshit. Talking about bleaching and assholes and all that shit, that was weird. But that, that beat from, from Metro Boomin, man, that thing was crazy. I love that. And then um, Famous, I love that record. Uh, I think it's called New, not New Friends or something about friends, old friends. Good, I can't remember. Something about friends. That was a good record. And then arguably my favorite record, No More Parties in L.A. with Kendrick Lamar. Love that record. Everything else, forgettable. That's why I just call it an okay album. Now, yay. That's what I thought about that album. It doesn't even deserve a reviewer to pick it from me. It's, it's, yeah. And the fact that nobody, like Kanye fan or not, barely talked about that album at all, even though it came out last year, lets me know that that was a doo-doo album as well. So this album, I don't know. Apparently, he's going with a gospel approach. And again, with this album, there is no album cover. It looks It's just a blue vinyl with Jesus is King written in gold letters. That's about it. Listen, like, if you're not even going to put in, put in any work for an album cover, then why the hell should I listen to your album at all? I'm good. I'm good. I, I don't need any more new Kanye music in my life. I'm okay. I will go back to the old stuff because the old stuff is the stuff that made me fall in love with Kanye as an artist, both lyrically and musically. And I'm not going to get that anymore. But I've come to terms with that. I am okay with that. I'm content with that. There are people who are still hanging on for dear life. And I can't for the life of me figure out why. But if you want to hang on that trapeze, then be my guest. But at the end of the day, if I need Yeezy in my life, I will go to old Yeezy. From 2004 to 2010, that's the Yeezy that I need. But I know for a fact that I will never, ever see that Yeezy again going forward in the future. Because that Yeezy is dead and gone. And all we have of that Yeezy are the memories of what he put out within that six-year time span. But, hey, maybe that's just me being a little bleak or cynical. But it is what it is at the end of the day. But either way, should I listen to this album, guys? Is this something worth listening to? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Either way, let me know. Hit me up on social media at Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts. Next topic we got to discuss. Felicity Huffman. Now, you guys are probably wondering who is this woman. Earlier in the year, I did an episode about Felicity Huffman in regards to her being one of the many celebrities who got caught in a scandal that involved uh, bribing certain uh, important figures within the post-secondary uh, um, inner circles of America uh, to get their children into Ivy League schools. She was involved in that, in the, in that ring and basically was, um, was charged for it. Now, her sentence was 14 
days in jail. Yes, 14 days in jail. She was sentenced to 14 days in jail. And this week, she was released after serving 11 out of those 14 days in jail. Meanwhile, there are mothers who are, who just so happen to be women of color who live the, in, in poor economic areas of America who are being sent to prison for five years for falsifying papers on on an application form stating that their child does in fact live in a more suburban area of said neighborhood to go to a better school. But we have Felicity Huffman serving 11 days in prison for bribing certain, certain important figures within Ivy League school systems, bribing them for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, this is America. Listen. I mean, I could give her the wanks of the week for that, but I'm not going to because it's not her who's the fool in all this. It's mainly it's mainly the, the, the justice system. That's mainly who the big fool in this all is. And the fact that you're able to basically get away with treason at this point, like 11 days in jail, like you may, you may as well have not even given her a jail sentence if she's only going to do 11 days in jail. I mean, you couldn't get her to do the full 14 if that's what you sentenced? I don't know, man. America is a trip. That's the best way I can put it. That is the absolute best way I can put it. Now, there will be some people who will argue that this is not white privilege, but it's more economic privilege. And sure, you could make that argument. You could, in theory, make that argument. But the fact that she is caught, just happens to be Caucasian, I'm sure it helps in the matter as well. Because, again, we're talking about other people, other women of color, for example, who have been sent to jail for much lengthier sentences for doing much less in comparison to Felicity Huffman. Like, we're talking about, we're talking about embezzlement here. Like, hundreds of thousands, some in maybe even millions of dollars that were used as bribes. Bribes. Yeah, she's only serving 11 days in jail out of the 14 that she was sentenced to, which is already laughable in and of itself. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Because at the end of the day, there are college athletes who just so happen to be black who, if they ever were to be given a slice of pizza, let alone hundreds of thousands of dollars by boosters, that their eligibility to play for said school on a scholarship would be revoked. They would be kicked out of school and their ticket to the professional leagues would be as good as gone. And then the people who were responsible for boosting would, would be sent to jail for a much lengthier sentence. So please miss me and dismissing by dismissing the whole um, white privilege thing altogether because that's not something to be dismissed. You can add in the fact that there's also economic privilege with that. You can add to that, but let's not dismiss the white privilege portion. Felicity benefited heavily off of that. And I'm saying she benefited heavily off of that because of the fact that her claim to fame within Hollywood was her role in Full House. She has never had a role bigger than Full House. So it's not like you can say she's an A-list celebrity who used her fame 
to her advantage. No, nobody knew what this person was doing. Mind you, she had a few gigs and roles here and there, but nothing of of immediate attention that would get people talking, that would give her some sort of power or clout. She is Aunt Becky from Full House. You're not getting clout off of that. But anyways, I digress. Do you guys agree? Do you guys disagree with the sentencing or her having a lesser punishment, her only getting off 11 days after being sentenced 14? Either way, let me know what you think. Once again, hit me up on social media at Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts. And final topic for Trip Talk, let's talk about my man, Meth Man, Mr. Meth, Methical, however you want to call it. My man is putting his hat in the, or his name in the hat, pardon me, for the role of Bishop, who is a mutant in the X-Men franchise. Once once the X-Men franchise, film franchise, I mean, gets rebooted in the MCU, which is Marvel Studios, which is owned by Disney. Now, I think it's a dope look to have more people of color in these types of comic book films. And when it just so happens to be a member of arguably the greatest rap group in rap history, I am all the way here for it. And he just so happens to be my favorite member of the Wu-Tang Clan. And he also just so happens to be an executive producer of the latest Wu-Tang series that has invaded TV, which is called Wu-Tang and American Saga. And he's also the host of Drop the Mic and a whole bunch of other things as well. Like, my man Meth been doing things, all right? Been doing big things. And I'm very happy that he is putting his hat in the name, his name in the hat, pardon me, for this role. Because I think it'll, it'll be a good look uh, for the MCU to add more star power within the realm of hip-hop into this. But, of course, he's going to be acting the role of somebody outside of that realm. But it's cool because... Hip-hop deserves its representation nonetheless. And this guy is not somebody who's trying to jump on the bandwagon of superhero films or anything like that. Like, this guy's been about his superhero stuff. Wu-Tang Clan were the first outwardly nerds of comic book fandom in hip-hop. Like, they're hardcore enough to, like, kind of, like, you know, put a blade to your, to, your, to, your, to, your, to your throat. But at the same time, they would be talking about Iron Man and Marvel Comics and all those things in between. I mean, the man had a guest appearance in Luke Cage and even had a little freestyle in in the Luke Cage series, so take with that what you will. But either way, I'm here for it. I want to see more of this, and I think it's going to be a good look for him. And I think it's just going to be a good look for the MCU as well. Gets uh get some Wu Tangification within their their cinematic universe. But again, what do you guys think about that? Once again, you already know what it is. Hit me up on social media at Cool Radio CC to share your thoughts on that and much more. And now we are going to get to the conclusion of the episode. We're going to end things short on tonight's episode. But before we do, you already know what time it is, man. Who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the Captain McCoonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. This week's Wankster of the Week goes to R&B singer Tank. For the comments that he made, I think on social media, he made these comments somewhere, and the comments were blown up on social media. But basically, what he said was this, and I'm paraphrasing, mind you. Basically, he said that as a man, if you are to go down on another man twice, not once, but twice, you can still prove that you are still into women. Hmm. 
damn, that's a hard no for me. Now, with that in, with that being said, let me just say this. However you decide to live your life, whether you are straight, whether you identify as a member of the LGBTQ community, whether you identify as trans, either way, however you decide to live your life is entirely up to you, my friend. If you feel comfortable identify as another gender or or being attracted to the same sex or both sexes or the opposite sex, that is all right with me. You have no qualms with me whatsoever. But with the comments that Tank made, listen, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, chances are it is a duck. So if you as a man go down on another man, chances are at the very least, you are swinging both ways. Let's just call it what it is. I'm sure members of the LGBTQ community will agree with that assessment as well. Because you can't just go down on somebody of the same sex and be like, oh, no, I'm still straight. No. You're at the very least bisexual. Like I think that's a fair statement to make. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But don't try and pretend that you are not that if that is what, in fact, you are doing. Because that's a very intimate act to do to somebody. And to say that you can do that to somebody and say that you are still attracted 100% to the opposite sex, I'm sorry. But in the words of the great Sean Carter, we don't believe you. You need more people. So with that being said, do you deserve this wankster? Of course you do, Tank. And I'm going to drop it on you just like this. And that does it for tonight's show, ladies and gents. I want to thank y'all for tuning in, and I want to thank you guys for joining me after a month-long hiatus. Um, Halloween is next week. What are you guys going to be for Halloween? Um, I'm curious to know. <laughs> but either way, enjoy it. Be safe. And enjoy this weekend as well. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy time with your loved ones, with your friends. Um, if you're going to go to the gym, put in that work and do all that good stuff. Either way, have fun this weekend and have fun next week on Halloween. Um, you can find me on all my socials on multiple platforms at Cool Radio CC. And as always, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace.